Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. All right, Dana, I can't believe it, but I'm hungry again. Oh, David, are you hungry again? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Like last time, we got into this great discussion on food. It made me hungry. This week, I just realized I. I mean, I had something earlier, some protein, like we talked about last week. I was, Yay. you know, but I don't know. My my body's like, hello, are we gonna eat? Hello, I'm yeah. starving. Yeah, I'm starving. Well, that means it's a perfect time to talk about food. Yes, episode 86, and I guess you're going to tell me what I shouldn't go eat after we're finished with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking today in the Kicksome ADHD podcast, BAM, about yeah. foods that F up your brain. You don't want foods to foul up your brain, you know? Right. Yeah, we don't want to foul up our brain. And what do we mean by fouling up our brain? We mean decreasing our brain functioning. So foods can make us more scattered, more distracted, more tired. And those are the things that we need to look at. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. We had a great episode last week. So if you have not heard episode 85, that was great for laying the foundation. We can't possibly recap even, you know, what we covered last nope. week. But you want to go listen to 85 too. And, um, and we got into some things about foods that support your brain last week. So, so this is kind of like that, the other side of that coin, right? Yes, last week was foods that support your brain that will help you live more successfully with ADHD. And this week we're looking at the other side because you got to look at both sides of it. Now, again, my disclaimer, a little bit of junk food is not going to hurt you. All of this we are talking about in moderation. We want a sustainable, realistic diet. However, if you want the best ADHD brain you can possibly have, you have to realize that food plays a huge role in that. And we've got to be aware of foods that... F- f- foul up our brain <laughs> that old f up your brain <laughs> bit you know also i i i used the should I, I i used shouldn't but nevertheless the should word about foods you know here a, mi- a minute ago and i just really it just occurred to me you know we also you know we don't want to create a new source of shame or self-blame or all that crap right you know this is really just to help us moving forward make decisions that will support an easier life, right? With with ADHD. Yes. Yes. So, and that's why I'm just so adamant about not having it be another should, not exactly. saying, oh, I can never have such and such. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Oh, good. It's, you know, every once in a while, you know, having cookies occasionally is not going to kill you. It's just, it, this is not what we're talking about. Good. Good. Okay. I like it. So you're saying cookies are not on the list of things that support brain? Well, if that's all you're eating. Oh, well, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about foods that foul up your brain. (laughs) So the first thing we want to be looking at here is sugar and the ADHD brain. So 
There are studies that show that ADHD brains process sugars, glucose, differently than non-ADHD brains, all right? Brains need and bodies need glucose, sugars to function. However, it seems like brains with ADHD process glucose erratically. Mm. It's not consistent. Imagine us being erratic. Can you imagine that? I have no idea what that would look like. That would just be, yeah. It's a complete mystery <laughs> what that would be. Like... Yeah. <laughs> this morning I was... <laughs> I couldn't, I'd lost my shoes. I was changing my clothes and I'm saying to Scott, I can't find my shoes. And I looked down and they were on my feet. Oh anyway, man. That, oh, no, that's we digress. Classic. That's classic. Um, yes. So anyway, back to sugar and the ADHD brain. What this means is that just because we need glucose, it doesn't mean we need more sugar. Our brains need a reliable, steady, balanced supply of sugar glucose. Yes. So we want to avoid the highs and lows caused by eating an overly sugary sugary diet or drinking, you know, sodas and juices and sugar sweetened beverages. Yes, and it's 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 this is like I I love the fact last week we talked about protein and how much we need it for the ADHD brain and you know, just reducing my sugar intake or making it a little more strategic, which is, I think, where we're going here. Yes. Those two things, such a big impact. And, and, and not just on my brain functioning, but also, you know, it's, it's great that, that the kind of eating that supports good brain function is also actually good for maintaining a healthy weight. There's a, like a side benefit here. You know? Right. And a healthy body. I'm not... Yeah. You know, I'm not caring about weight. That's not what any of this is about. It's a healthy body. Yeah. We don't care how we look. We care about how we function. Agreed. Yes. Right? Okay. So the deal also is that we don't need to eliminate or exclude sugars and treats. Totally what we're doing is reducing them and then having protein. So if you have sugar, have some protein when you have it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that tends to balance it out. Yeah. Or And there are other foods, I think we may have talked about this a little bit last week, that help you manage your blood sugar levels, right? You know, things like oatmeal. It's not particularly yeah. a protein, but it, you know, that... Kind it's of. got protein. Actually, oatmeal yeah. has protein, and if you can add walnuts to it, chia seeds, flax seeds, yeah. okay, you, uh, whatever... But milk beverage of your choice has protein in it. So you, yeah, you can up amp amp up the protein anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the, that I guess it's, I don't know if it's a grain in the oatmeal, but there's something about it that helps kind of keep blood sugars stable. Yeah. Like it, it it evens it out for you, even if you right. consume some sugar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're having when you're having sugar, add some protein, and it's going to balance it out. Nice. All right. And even though we want to avoid having tons of sugar, I mean, you don't want to get in this. Oh, I'm I'm having almonds with my soda, so I can have it anyway. <laughs> it's That's an almond enough. flavored soda, so I mean, you yeah. know, yeah, it <laughs> must be are. good. Must be good. Anyway, what are sources of sugar? Let's let's just re run through this fast. Sure. Simple carbohydrates: the white flours, the white rices, the white breads. Simple carbs spike the blood sugar, which can then cause blood sugar and neurotransmitter imbalance. Okay, so we talked about this last week. Substituting whole grains instead as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Should we mention that okay. beer is basically liquid bread and, you know, you're taking in a lot of carbs if you... Oh, sorry. No. Okay. No, I didn't no, bring we don't want to go. We don't okay. want to go there. Okay. And we know that. Anyway, anybody who drinks a fair amount of beer knows what it does to your body. True. Um, 
Sugary drinks. Okay, Dr. Greenblatt, Dr. James Greenblatt, who wrote Finally Focused, which is a book that I really like about food and ADHD. He says if you remove soda and sugary fruit juices and the sports and coffee drinks from your diet, you can go a hugely long way towards regulating the glucose in your brain. Yeah. So it's often the sugary drinks that are doing a whammo of sugar on your system. You know, I've not for years craved sugar like a lot of people do you know we t- we had that conversation like i like a lot mm-hmm. of rosie but i discovered one day this is years ago before my diagnosis i was taking in a huge amount of sugar every day just because i liked my coffee sweet and i drank so much coffee because my brain was looking for stimulation so when i cut the sugar out of my coffee my sugar intake dropped dramatically yeah <laughs> and yeah. it was like oh well that was that was kind of an easy fix i mean it took a while yeah. to adjust to drinking it without sugar but man that was easy you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there you go see so just yeah, think about it if you're drinking if you've got some sh- coffee with your sugar then yes. maybe it's time to reduce it that was me for sure yeah <laughs> it was me <laughs> and then high fructose corn syrups bad bad oh. stuff it's like sugar on steroids we want to avoid them and at all costs in everything not in everything I, I you know, got to like, read the labels and and um, next week we're going to talk about making it easier to eat. Oh, good, yeah, healthy. that's right. Cool. And and we'll talk about even deciding where you shop. I mean, you good. can you can cut out a lot of that by just deciding where you're going to shop. Okay, all right. Looking forward okay. to that. Yep. All yeah, right. but read those labels because if there's um, high fructose corn syrups in there, there's a it's sugar on steroids, and that's going to make your brain work more erratically than it possibly already will. All nice. right. Okay. So that's the sugar the sugar thing. Okay. Now. The next thing we want to look up that can foul up your brain is the trans fats, the partially hydrogenated fats. And these are just bad for your body. They're bad for your heart and they are bad for your brain. Mm, Yes. We talked about last week how our brains need natural, good, healthy fats to maintain their cell membranes and synaptic stuff going on and all of that. Trans fats do not help with this at all then they actually destroy brain cells. Good deal. Do we cells. do we have an easy like list of the places where these like a lot of aren't these often in just processed foods like heavily Yes. yes okay. Yes, That's heavily processed foods. They yeah. have a lot of trans fats. They have a lot a lot of trans fats, a lot of sugars. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so we just it's the really processed foods. Um yeah, also trans it. fats cause inflammation in the brain. And this can inhibit the production of omega-3 fatty acids, I have read, which are also critical to the brain being able to function like we want it to function. And, you know, we don't feel pain in the brain. Ironically, it's the head of the central nervous system, but our nerves that trigger brain that, that trigger pain don't live there. But if you have inflammation in other parts of your body, you heal, you feel pain. So, you know, we don't want inflammation in the brain. No, nope. that's like terrible. That's the last thing you want. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've got watch out for those trans fats. Watch out for the sugars and the high fructose corn syrups. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Got it? Got it. All right. The next thing that can really F up your brain are artificial food colorings and additives. Mm. Now, not everybody is affected by these. Some studies show that they can cause similar symptoms to the, to ADHD in children. So notice, and we'll be talking about this, how to notice and how to figure out what's 
going on with your food and your brain in a bit. So just just notice mm-hmm. um, there, you know, there there have been a lot of studies on food dyes and things and kids with ADHD. Yeah. Um, and and they're inconclusive. They're all over the place. Yeah. And some of them have bordered on, you know, conspiracy theorist and you get they get seized upon by people trying to make cases for things that aren't but, but i love that your your approach to this is just note that some of the studies are 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 possibly linking stuff and they're inconclusive but yeah why take the but risk I, you know you don't you don't you know you don't have to well, believe or notice that, yeah notice just notice that's what we're and that's what we're gonna be talking about in a few minutes i just we all are different what uh, what screws up one brain does not screw up another. So you just want to notice for yeah. you, for your kids, for whomever we're dealing with. Good. Yeah. It's very personal. Good. All right. Yeah. And we've mentioned reading labels, read labels. There's so much sugar. There's so many things added to health to supposedly healthy foods just because it says it's healthy on the front of the <laughs> package. The marketing doesn't mean that it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, buyer beware and and part of what we do in our family is we shop mostly at stores where we know that they don't even have trans fats they don't have high glucose corn syrups they don't have a lot of chemical stuff we just because so so we don't even have to really think about it we just know okay if i'm shopping at our food co-op at natural grocers at trader joe's trader joe's is pretty good you got to watch it a little bit but it's really pretty darn good you you know you you're already halfway there yeah it, it does help but also that that can have an impact on your budget you know if you try if you try to yes. shop at like a whole foods for example all the time right. you're going to spend way oh, more right. so you right. just but like farmers markets right buy fresh foods when you can and those kinds of yeah. things yeah 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 Okay, so that's that's the thing. Now, the other thing I think that is so interesting is the impact that what we call ghost food allergies mm. have on the ADHD brain. Okay. And this is where I really was able to make a huge difference in how my brain worked is when I started to pay attention to this. Really? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't remember us talking about this before, so I'm excited okay. to hear what you have to share. Yeah. Oh. It's something new. Yeah. And he thought me, knew me so well. Yeah. Um, okay. So Dr. Charles Parker, uh, he wrote a book called New ADHD Medication Rules. It's probably, gosh, 10 years ago. I want to say five, which means it was 10. Anyway, he um, he's the one that, that started getting me thinking about this. And he calls them ghost or hidden food allergies. So what they are, are it's not an anaphylactic shock. You're right. not getting hives. You're not... Your breathing isn't impacted, but it gives you fuzzy thinking. Mm. And so we're talking about subtle impacts that certain foods can have on how clearly you're able to focus, to think, to be awake, to have energy and all those things. So this reminds me, a friend years ago read a book that he told me about. It was called Grain Brain or something similar to that. And he, this was right. the idea. that Dr. Perlmutter. Yeah. Oh, you've read it or you're aware of it. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So ghost food yeah, allergies. And so yeah. th- my problem with that is it's so strict. It's yeah. you can never eat anything with wheat or gluten again. Right. And I, and my approach is it, well, it's really hard for people with impulse issues sure. who happen to like food to say, we're not going to do that yeah. unless we even know the impact. 
So that's why we're, we'll be talking about this in a minute. We've got to pay attention to what works for us hmm. You know, know the bigger picture, yeah. know the things that can set it off, but then, okay, what applies to me? Right. And what are we willing to put up with? Right, right. Yeah, because if you okay. take all rewards, if you if you think about food as like a rewarding in some way, if you take all of those away, I mean, some people are just going to be like, screw it, man, I'll take fuzzy thinking, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and know? so what we're trying to do is game the system. Yeah. How much can we get away with? Exactly, right, right. Especially if it's stuff yeah, you enjoy, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I it's got, to me, it's got to be like that because I have tried the other, I've tried the really strict, no fun, no anything extra diet. Um, for other health reasons way back when, and I could do it for a while, but it was not sustainable. Right. So what we're looking for, part of my definition of ADHD success, is that it's sustainable. These are things that we can do long term over time. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Okay. I like it. So it's not something we do for a couple of weeks and then give up. It's just this, how can we make this a long term part of our life? Good. All right. So Dr. Um, Parker says there are the big four ghost food allergies for ADHD that he has seen in his practice. Actually, he says big three. I've added four. And then there's also other things we can, we'll mention. So wheat and gluten. Right. And that is in wheat diet, also in rye, barley, malt vinegar. Okay. So those are ones that can set off the ADHD brain and make thinking fuzzy. Eggs is another one to be aware of. Really? Yeah. No, and no, don't go. I'm no, not. No, I'm okay. Just, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not just, saying don't eat them. I'm right, just yeah. saying, okay, this is, this is, this is the big picture. And then we narrow it down to what applies to each person. So wheat and gluten, eggs, dairy. Sure. Then I threw in sugar. Okay. He doesn't yeah. say sugar, but I threw in sugar. Okay. And then also when you start reading about elimination diets and things and food allergies, citrus, soy, shellfish, and, and those are are things now just just to be aware of but the big four for adhd are wheat and gluten it's one i'm calling that one eggs dairy and sugar yes yep okay good deal and i i i I have become obsessive about food labels lately because i have someone very important in my life who has a deathly allergic reaction to soy which is in everything i said i said high fructose corn syrup is in everything but honestly Soy, it's soy unbelievable. I mean, soybean yeah. oil in, and soy ingredients are just so common. And right. so I've had to learn about that. And I've eliminated a lot of those from my from my diet as a result because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm preparing yeah. food and enjoying food with someone who, who can't, absolutely cannot have, like, this is a trip to the ER. So that's, yeah. okay, so that's an anaphylactic. Absolutely. Kind of yeah, that's a real, that's the, that's the, what we take, think, tend to think of as an allergy. But yeah. like this ghost allergy is like, now I'm thinking about, eggs and stuff so you've got me you got me thinking yeah yeah so we yeah let's talk about that a little bit more yeah okay so the ghost allergies um i'll talk about what i experienced first and then we can talk about how you discover them so what i when i started to pay attention to this i realized that for me what i've discovered is cheap chocolate sugar Mm. makes my brain foggy for a few hours. Oh, bummer. Dark chocolate doesn't have a negative impact. Right. Dark chocolate actually helps me think more clearly and sharply and focuses me. 
So you know what's kind of interesting? I mean, I know that the that the that the cheap chocolate has milk, more dairy products in it than the dark, and more sugar, yeah, and more sugar. But it also has soy lecithin in it as a as an emulsifier. So okay. in dark chocolate, depending on how pure you get, a lot of times it doesn't have doesn't they don't need an emulsifier for it, so it doesn't have okay. the soy ingredients. So that's kind of another. It's like, hmm, I wonder what. Maybe it's just a combination, right? Yeah. So I've never associated soy with my brain functioning, but I know I get um, dark circles under my eyes. I'm sensitive to food. And the thing is with ADHD, a lot of us are really sensitive to stuff. Yeah. We just tend to be more sensitive creatures than other people. It's true. Yeah. On every level, not just physically. On every level. It's not just food. Okay. Um, Here's what else I, so, so cheap sugar and chocolate. So it affects me for a few hours. Okay. Which doesn't mean I don't ever eat it. Right. It means I don't eat it when I want my brain to work. Fair enough. Right. If you don't care for a few hours, then hey. Right. Right. Same thing. Dairy does the same thing to me. Cow milk. Cheese. It makes me incredibly sleepy for a few hours. Okay. But strategically, that means I don't have it during the day when I need to work, when I need to think. But sometimes before I go to bed, a piece of cheese before bed is, it's just... It's like taking a sleeping pill for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. All right. Right. Nice. Okay. okay. So, and it's that few hours that I notice. Now, if it, if dairy screwed me up for three days, I wouldn't have it. Right. right? That'd be different. Yeah, sure. But the, the point is that you've observed and noted and you know yeah. what these things do to you. Yeah. So gluten does not have any cognitive side effects for me. It does not impact my brain. Same thing with eggs. No cognitive side effect. I don't like them very much unless the taste is hidden, but I, my brain's fine. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good deal. Alcohol. Cheap beer and wine makes my brain very flat and foggy for a number of days. Oh, really? Okay. Right. Wow. It screws up my sleep and gives me headaches. And also I can, if I have too much, I can feel that it's my brain's foggy for a few days. Makes sense. It zaps my motivation and my energy. Bummer. Okay. Yeah. So that means it doesn't, it, it means no cheap stuff. Yeah. So you have to buy and the I don't want to have a lot anyway. So yeah. I buy the good stuff and I don't have much anyway. Nice. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. MSG, a food additive, I know makes me mm. very fidgety and trashes my sleep. So I, if I have MSG and sometimes it's in just hidden in stuff and I'll wake up just thrashing about, be awake for a couple hours in the middle of the night and it's um, twitching all over the place. Yeah. And I used to find like that was in mall, cheap mall Chinese food, you know, a lot of MSG. Yeah. And yeah. man, I wanted to have a nap. That's that's the way it would affect me. And I, I okay. assume it was MSG. I mean, you know, I, I would have Probably. Better, better quality Chinese food. Didn't have this happen. But like if it had MSG, a lot of it in it, oof, man, I'd yeah. want to. That would be like. And I don't. You know what's funny? Dana, I don't have afternoon dives. You know, people have like talk about the energy slumps or mm-hmm. whatever. Those I'm, I'm to the place now. And I think a lot of it has to do with food and, and yes. in this process. Right. I just don't have yes. that problem. Yeah. Yeah, so this can have a lot of the energy dives. Yeah. And and I don't know if I talked about it last week that when we used to, I do long long road trips driving, so I'm driving 8 hours and or more cuz we live in the west and this is how long it takes to get places. And I would eat nuts, peanuts and nuts with with chocolate chips in them. Did I oh, say this last week? I don't think you did. Yeah. That was my road snack huh. and I was constantly having to fight to stay awake and fight huh. to be clear, have my brain be clear which was a, I'd have to pull over and take naps. And 
um, when I thought, when I put together that, oh, the cheap chocolate trashes my brain and I stopped adding the chocolate chips and now it's just almonds or dark chocolate, I don't, I can just drive like a robot. Isn't that great? Hours. Yeah. I, I have, I have not had a problem falling asleep. He's shake, pulling out his pill bottle. This is my Adderall right here. My, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I man, knew. that like you know, strategic dose of um, of amphetamines, and boy, I don't fall asleep at the wheel anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the but the dairy. So I'd go to my a friend's house for dinner without Scott. So going to my book club, and we'd have ice cream or something for dessert, and I'd be falling asleep on the way home. Oh no. Yeah. So, and now when I put that, oh, dairy makes me fall asleep. When you put that together, then it was, all right, this is what I need to be aware of. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. And you've observed this over a long period of time. I mean, you, yes. yeah, you built this list. You have a confident knowledge of how these things, things affect you, but it, it didn't, like, it, this wasn't self evident, right? Like, it wasn't just like no, it didn't smack you in the head one day, right? Not at all. This was, this was, I didn't have me to teach me how to do this. I right. had to figure all this out. <laughs> right? yeah. I had to figure all this out. And a lot of it was my sleep was so waking up in the middle of the night or my sleep was so bad. And that was where it really started is waking up and thinking, okay, what have I done? What have I done? What have I eaten? Why am I like this? So when you start to do the cause and effect, I'm sleepy right now when probably it doesn't make sense that I'm sleepy. What have I eaten? Good. What okay. have I drunk? What yeah. have I done? So it's looking backward. Makes sense. And this is how we discover it. Yeah. Um, what my favorite way is what I call that one rat study. So it's paying attention to what you've consumed or not. And when you're thinking or feeling either really well or badly and notice that connection mm. between what you've eaten or drunk and how your brain is working. That's good. That's good. And we also want to know, so it's not just, am I tired? Am I clear? How's my brain working? But how long does it last? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I love too about your, what am I willing to trade? Like cheap alcohol is probably a, mm, don't ever do that. But cheap chocolate, eh, it's only a few hours, right? You can, as long as you plan, right? right? Yeah. That's really yeah. good to know. So it's all down to gaming the system. So that's why I, and I don't hear other people <laughs> saying this, but how long does it impact you? Right. No, because no. if you, you know what, because we always have to be looking at what we can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that if makes we sense. We can get away with something, get away with something. Right. Especially so if you I've enjoy got, it. Yeah. I've had, I have some clients that um, gluten and wheat screws them up for a few days. Mm. Okay. And that's not worth it. So maybe they'll have, when they go on vacation, they'll have some, but they've got to have their brain working more more than not so that means they really avoid it and luckily there's so many more gluten-free options out there than there used to be breads and things there's actually really decent ones now. yes and and recipes for foods that you yeah. maybe normally just not want to consume at all yeah. if gluten affects you badly but it, yeah it's come a long right. way it really it's really come has. a long way yeah. and sugar and all of that it's come a, a, a long way this is all so much easier than it used to be okay yeah. so the one how do you discover your food allergies just do that one rat study and notice the, it's the cause and effect huh how, here's how i'm feeling what have i done and can i figure out a connection and you may need to experiment for a while yeah okay. yeah for sure there are also food allergy tests that you can get they can be expensive um i don't 
find them adjusted for brain function. And I also find there is too much information. Again, saying most people with ADHD are really sensitive. Mm. And when I took a food allergy test and it was many years ago, however, it told me I was allergic to everything except peaches and lamb. Well, that's a boring diet right there. Peaches, right. lamb, and, so and you, almonds. You, know, you, <laughs> you have this this list. Okay, all I can eat are peaches, lamb, and almonds. And that was not information that was very helpful to me. Yeah, you felt awfully sheepish after that, I'm sure. It was, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. God, that's, I was nuts. That's nuts. Oh, no! <laughs> Jinx. But I'm bam! Oh, okay. boy. What a peachy yeah. uh, thing to know. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so, yes, there are food allergy tests, and you may want to do that. I've had clients that do that and go into it gently. Yeah. Because you get to this idea, oh, I can't eat anything. Yeah. I, I just like when, the idea of having data that you can that you can refer to. Right. And, so and, if you like yeah. the data, but what are you going to do with the data? Yeah. And I don't I'm not planning to take a food allergy test, but I am going to I'm going to pay a little more attention because eggs are eggs are something I really enjoy eating in the morning. It's part of my like routine. Mm-hmm. So notice. And I'm just going to notice because I have had quite a few days here where I haven't done eggs. And now I've got to think about. See, this is where like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to actually yeah. set out to pay attention because it because yeah. like trying to reconstruct the past at this point doesn't help. But I can I and, can notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so notice. So what we're also another way to look at this is an elimination diet, and often you do this under a doctor or nutritionist's direction. And this is the this is kind of the middle ground between the full on food allergy test. You know, you're you're allergic to mustard or what everything, or and the one rat study, which is much more cavalier. The elimination diet, which basically has two steps. The first thing you do is stop eating the suspicious foods. So for you, it could be eggs. Sure, yeah. Just as a, and then, as a test, right? Yeah. Right. And read labels because there can be egg products and all kinds of stuff. It's like yeah. you've done with soy. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And then you keep a food diary. Notice what you eat, how you feel after, if you want to get really scientific and data, data-ish on this like you like to do. Yeah. And, and and what I would do is say, notice if the thinking, because we're really also thinking about energy, clarity of thought, um, and maybe give it a red, yellow, green. Yeah, Instead right. of doing this. In, yeah, super yeah, intense. Because red, red, yellow, green is pretty easy. One through five gets a little bit more difficult to figure out. So red, yellow, green is a great way. I like to just measure stuff. Yeah. Too much it's of this, simple. and I, I know I'm just not going to do it, you know, if it's too right. complex. It's just not going right. to happen. As it's much as I want the data, I, I'm not going to collect it. So, right. you know. Right. So you got, yeah, and you'll maybe collect it for one day and then stop. And that's useless. So that's, what, yeah, that's exactly. why I write, like the one rat study. Yeah, exactly. it's a lot yeah. looser. But the, I um, love that you're talking about an elimination diet. I'm sorry. I think all, all I think about is like the elimination function of the body and like oh, you know David. Like it sounds Are like you a in cleanse. The bathroom stage again. I'm sorry, but no. Okay, so well, but you're talking about eliminating the foods that yeah. that could be suspicious and then but that's not the end of it, right? Right. You, you, you so take yeah, them away. you stop eating the suspicious foods yeah. and then slowly you add the food back in and notice what happens. Yep. Yep. So you might stop eating eggs for a couple weeks. Sure. And then start to eat eggs and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta, you and gotta they, like track your your feelings a little bit, like your, how your yes. ener- mental energy and thinking. Yeah, and you all gotta that. pay yeah. attention. Yeah, you gotta exactly. pay attention. Yeah, you gotta do this consciously. And I think a full on elimination diet is you cut out just about everything and add start to add off. That's what you do with babies. You know, when you're just first starting to feed a 
baby food, you just add one thing at a time to see if they're allergic yeah. to it or how they react. Sure. Uh, so that you know, that's can be pretty tough and stringent. So keeping it as simple as possible. Good deal. Makes and that's doable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you have data yeah. to work with, even if it's not super complex data. data. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, this was helpful. So we got we got a lot a lot about foods that have up your brain. Sugars. We got the trans fats. We got the the, the artificial stuff. The big four that you talked about, plus a couple mm-hmm. extra for ghost food allergies and a method to to sort of help identify well, a couple of methods actually to yeah. help identify what's affecting you. Good. Yeah. Yeah. This is helpful stuff. And remember, we're wanting to game the system. Yeah. We're not looking for severe restrictions. Right. Right. Yeah. Good. And and knowing and having knowledge is so helpful because then you know, like, hey, maybe I don't normally eat this food, but I can enjoy it right now because I don't need my brain for the next few hours to yeah. function super well. I mean, obviously, we all need our brains, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. yeah, good Didn't notice. So, cool. David, what are you going to do with this wealth of information? What's I'm, your next yeah, step? Yeah, I'm going to test a couple of things. I'm, I'm wondering about eggs. That's like um, that's a thing that that is worth testing because because it's been such a part of my my routine. So, I'd like to know. I mean, it may not affect me at all. I, I don't know. Hmm. But but that's the thing is that I don't know. So, and I'm also going to pay a little more attention to this ghost food allergies idea. It's interesting how that could be at work. Mm-hmm. And I and I I just don't tend to notice unless I set out to notice this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oblivious, you know. So, yeah, no, I I think I think I've got a couple of things I can work with here. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All yeah. right. So, popping this on the front burner for a little bit, eh? I think so. Yeah. I I I like that idea. And what about you, dear listener? You've heard episode eighty six. What do you think? What do you What do you notice? Do you Do you already have some knowledge of foods that are problematic for you? We'd like to hear from you. You can find today's episode at kicksomeadhd.com slash zero eight six. That is the place where the show notes from today live, and also a place where you to leave comments. And you know, Dana, what I would like to do uh, is I'm gonna try to remember to link out to these books that you mentioned in case someone wants to do a little further reading right you mentioned uh, dr charlie parker charles parker i should say mm-hmm. and you mentioned dr diane stoller there's a couple of and, them in here yeah yeah and james greenblatt and yeah. james greenblatt yeah so I'd, I'd like to link out to some of those books in case you dear listener would like to read more we'll uh give you a place to go find those you can just find all of that at kicksomeadhd.com slash zero eight six you can also sound off on twitter and facebook just search for kicksomeadhd and we're there and share us with your friends. Yes. Rate and review, subscribe, all the good stuff. Excellent. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and watch out for those foods that foul up your brain. Let's kick some ADHD. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kick Some ADHD with Dana Rayburn and David Johnson. Did you find this helpful? Please share it with everyone you know who... Squirrel uh, um, has ADHD or might and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com.